I bet God looking for you. What's up, Janelle? Hey, how's it going? It is going. Episode 14, here we are, back at it again. Again. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, you know, it's a we're, we're recording on a gloomy Tuesday. Um, so yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter if you're staying indoors, right? It does, it does. Because <laughs> I like the sunshine coming in. True, and very true. for whatever reason, I'm like tired today. I just feel sluggish and not really motivated to do much of anything. I wish it would just rain so I can like... If, if it's going to be gloomy, just rain so I can tell yeah. some movies and just, you know. Yeah, I feel you. You know, I've, I've become obsessed with like going up on my rooftop, so... Oh yeah, you know, yeah, looking yeah. at the weather and being like, okay, I guess tonight I won't be going up there. Yeah, nah, it doesn't look like you'll be going up there for a while, my friend. I'm sorry. Thank you for the optimism. But you know, <laughs> sunshine is coming again one day. But um, yeah. Do you have a drink? I do. I do. Well, um, yes. I have an aperol spritz, a nice summer okay. cocktail. You know. How about you? Taking it back to Puglia. Yes. I have a lemonade spritz, I guess is that what I'll call it? It's just lemonade and Prosecco. Okay, cute. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. We're still good to keep going. Okay. Just know I can't see you. I know, I'm getting a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, with that, we can jump into Above the Fold. Um, So yeah, first item on the agenda, I'm pretty sure you've heard the news and saw it kind of reported all over the place that Kanye, with his Yeezy line, is partnering with The Gap um, for a, I think it's a 10-year deal with them. Yes, a massive 10-year deal. And um, the way we have to introduce Kanye now is either by Pastor Kanye, president, presidential candidate Kanye, no. or billionaire Kanye. We have yeah. to use one of those. There has, to be, there has to be a fourth option, because I'm not going with any of those three. <laughs> Idiot yes. Kanye, can we go with that one? Either way you slice it, Yeezy and Gap have partnered up. Well, Gap has partnered up with Yeezy. Um, for a 10-year deal. So a brand that, um, in, in, in talking about Gap, a brand that has been struggling year over year at this point. Um, I think brick-and-mortar retail stores are all seeing a downtrend. Um, yeah. And I also and think been, it's because of the, sorry, really quickly, because of the kind of um, the death of, like, the American mall. Um, yeah, I think a lot of gas sure. locations are in malls and obviously malls are not doing great, or at least they weren't before COVID. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it too. 100%. Um, yeah. So, and that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of the brick and mortar, you know, mall retail stores are not, they've been on a downtrend for quite some time and then COVID did not help that at all. Right. Um, so I think Gap is looking for ways to kind of find some sort of resurgence, whether this will work. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm interested to see how it lands and who the consumer base ends up being because Yeezys, as we know, 
Um, I think I mentioned this before, kind of like that. Their price line is not for the everyday consumer. You know, they have cardigans going for $900. So what does a partnership as far as the price point look like from a partnership with Gap or the everyday person? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it's going to be, you know, more affordable than Yeezy's usual Mm -hmm. merchandise. I think of it really in the vein of like, you know, when those high high fashion brands partner with a Target or an H&M. It's like, it's always slightly more expensive than Mm -hmm. like what you would expect out of a Target or an H&M, but it's never reaching the price point of that designer either. It's still pretty affordable for the like larger retailers consumer. Um, Did they say how much the deal was worth? The the 10 year deal? Um, Because I'm interested um... to to hear what a 10-year partnership with Kanye West is going for these days. Um, I think another thing that really surprised me about this deal was just how long the deal was for. Um, 10 years is a really long, a really, really, really long time. And um, while I think, you know, hate hate him or love him, like Kanye West, I guess, is culturally relevant now. Um, I don't know if, if I would say more so or less so than like five years ago, but like, there's no telling what his place in culture will be in the next 10 years or kind of like what his, what his, his fan base will look like in the next 10 years. Like, I think we, we kind of have in mind, um, what a general, like, Kanye follower looks like and in 10 years that person is going to be in a very very different stage of their life um so I'm just I'm just wondering like is this a smart investment for the gap to begin with um yeah so maybe this will provide some context this is the way I was thinking about it so Yeezy's partnered with Adidas in 2013 at this Mm -hmm. point that's been like 70 years and they're still on an uptrend or uptick so if that's any, and I don't know, if it's not, I don't think that's one and the same, but I think yeah, that's, I was, that's that a little apples idea to oranges. of the Yeezy brand. I feel like it will still be around, but what it looks like as far as a partnership with Gat, how sustainable that is. Yeah, I think it probably is a little bit of apples to oranges. Yeah, I just think that it, it's just because like Adidas has a bit more, you know, cultural relevance than the gap does to this consumer right. already True. um but but i mean yeah i mean i guess shout out to no no fuck that um no <laughs> shout out to kanye shout out to the art director creative director that he he um yeah brought on that's a black uh designer i'm not gonna butcher the name y'all can look him up y'all can google him <laughs> um but Staying on the topic of the gap, I mean, was there anything else you wanted to say about this particular partnership? No, we we, we hit all the points. So, uh, but staying on the topic of the gap, um, when news hit about this Kanye um, partnership, a lot of people started wondering about the partnership that the gap announced. Um, maybe a little over a year ago or a year ago with Telfar. Um, And Telfar's been getting a lot of looks lately, especially since everybody has, you know, been talking about buying black and Mm -hmm. and looking at the luxury 
um, kind of fashion space and, and, and pointing out or highlighting brands that we can patronize in that category. Um, so yeah, when Telfar announced their partnership with The Gap, it was at Paris Fashion Week, I believe sometime last year, and then we never heard of it again. So um, the conversation came back up after they announced this Kanye West partnership about like whatever happened to that. Um, and it looks like that's no longer happening. And um, I think the brand, the brand has stated that it it doesn't have anything to do with the Kanye deal because two separate teams worked on those and right. maybe neither was privy to what was going on, you know, across the hall, so to speak. But, which um, is an issue in and of itself, but yeah, it, it really is. It really is. But I think that with, you know, we talked about the gap being in flux and all the changes over there that unfortunately like this Telfar deal just kind of fell to the wayside or wasn't a part of the vision of, new leadership that came in and, and things like that. Um, but I think that they did, I, I think under, I wouldn't say under duress, but um, after Telfar, ha Telfar kind of came at the brand for like not paying them out for their contract because it was the gap that kind of um, didn't hold up their side of the deal. Yeah. They did get all the money that they were promised from that deal. And I think that they're walking away from it kind of like, okay, with how things turned out. Um, and, and, you know, t being very graceful in being congratulatory to Kanye and his team for what they'll be doing over at the gap. Yeah. And it's kind of like one of those things where not only did this fall through, but gap has been, or has pulled back from its commitment to its suppliers and factories and stuff like that, obviously in the midst of COVID. So I think it gives Silas to say like that they are not the only ones affected by something not going through. Um, and then I do like how it's not pitted as, oh, we chose Kanye over you, so to speak. And that's the way it would be headlined. But the fact- I mean, that that's how it was out, headlined. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. But from the way that Telfar is speaking about it, that's not how they feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yes, but I do think that, um, you know, at least the original headlines were kind of like, wait, did, did Kanye's deal come, you know, as the, not as a result or like, was Telfar's deal in the way of the Kanye deal? Like did they have to, to cut ties in order to, to give him this deal? Um, you know, and then you have the whole kind of narrative around like there can only be one. Like, why right. why can't you right. do both of them? Um, and maybe there's some financial, you know, obviously the gap is not in the best financial shape. So two deals of that magnitude probably isn't feasible for them right now, um, if we're being completely honest. But, but also, I would say a 10-year commitment with Yeezy isn't the smartest move either, especially true. if you're in a financial crisis so to speak true right true i mean yeah i mean until we see the numbers and we know the numbers have to be you know pretty out there for billionaire kanye to um sign a 10-year deal but right yeah um another thing i wanted to bring up really quickly before we change topics was around the um the news that broke yesterday around um how much money Kanye and Yeezy got from the paycheck 
protection um, plan from the government. I think it was upwards of $2 million. So yeah, billionaire Kanye, you know, taking, I taking mean, money from the government and, and out of the hands of small businesses that could really use that money. Go you. But not, but we don't know what the number, what the numbers look like from the easy side. either. don't know. What do you mean? Did they need, did they need help? You can't convince me they need help more than the okay, mom and pop right. store on the corner. I have no rebuttals for that. You're absolutely correct. 100 um, Two million, you so, said? It was two million. Oh, wow. And so they, they um, from what I understand, they publicly released those records of who got what. Yeah. Um, I think it was any any company that received over 150K it was released um, just because there was so so much controversy around who got it and who didn't and how much they got. You're, I mean, we, we spoke about in an earlier episode, the Shake Shacks and right. and um, Ruth, Chris. Ruth Chris of the world, you know, getting huge sums of money um, when when a lot of small businesses um, were getting didn't, rejected. So didn't get any because the money was gone. Because <laughs> the money was gone. Um, so, yeah. Kind of shifting gears a bit. Next up, we have um, <laughs> some news that came out of the sports world. Um, our favorite league, the NFL, has announced that they will be singing or playing the Black National Anthem before week one games. Because, you know, after what they did to Colin Kaepernick and all that's going on in the world, what we all really need now and that will heal racism in this country is singing all three verses three three verses of the black national anthem but nobody knows verse two <laughs> hey look we got to pull out the the little the hymnal book and sing along okay um how do you feel about this i mean i feel I feel the same way I feel about a lot of what brands are doing these days. It's very performative, but I think it, it really, it's even worse in this case because the NFL has had such a storied history around race since, what was that, 2016, 17, when, when um, everything started with Colin Kaepernick. I could be getting the, the years wrong. But Sometime I mean, like, since, that, somewhere around there, yeah. Right. So like since that was a headline and it was such a huge deal um, and the fact that he still is not playing in the league, this just feels very like like almost a slap in the I don't know if I want to say a slap in the face. Uh, you know, it, it's a little salt in the wound-ish. It is, 100%. The league hopes its effort by demonstrating and doing this is a genuine commitment to the public players and coaches um, that the players' voices will continue to be heard. That's what a source wrote in a text message. The This is key to educating fans and becoming a prominent voice in the fight to end racism. They're also planning to donate 25, 200 50 million over a 10 year period to um, social justice. What does that mean? <laughs> We're going to donate to social, like that's not a 
That's not a thing you can donate. Like they don't have a like a business like ID number that you can write a check. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, one hundred percent feel the way you feel. How a lot of these efforts are okay. Thank you. I'll take it. Um, it's like a kid in Christmas getting like you know the socks and the mittens, but they're looking for the tool. Like what? What am I really here for? And I think at this point there are a lot of brands and entities who are doing this, um, taking these steps and measures in light of everything that has been heightened even more in the media. Not that we haven't been saying this for forever, but now that it's reached, I can't even say it's reached ahead, but I don't even know what to call it. But it's um, at this point, we're seeing a lot more messaging. We're seeing a lot more if you want to call this an action item, performative, as I know you've, you've been calling it. And what we really need is police reform. What we really need is the cops who killed Breonna Taylor to be arrested. What we really need right. is, you know, these actionable item, items that are going to change the trajectory of what systemic racism in America looks like. I don't care that you're singing the Black National Anthem week one. Thank you. Okay, I'll take it. But what happens after that? Yeah, like what happens week two? And then like, I mean, I, low key, we could have a new segment on this podcast called That's Cute, but can we arrest the murders of Breonna Taylor? Because like, honestly, That's... every single topic that we've had for the past couple weeks could fall under that category. Literally. Above That's the cute, fold. That's but above the fold. that's not what we asked for. <laughs> right. Um yeah, and I mean, another thing that we've talked about is kind of like the the Black National Anthem and um, how both of us, I, I feel, hold it synonymous with the HBCU sports experience. Um, so it, it also felt real... It just, it just feels weird. Like, it... It feels disingenuous. Like, y'all... Okay, you're doing it week one. That lets me know that it's not... It's performative. You know what I mean? I don't right. know. And it's not that I expect you to do this at all. I don't expect you to do it for all the full season. I don't expect you to do it at all. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm still tired. I'm motherfucking tired. Not, um, <laughs> you're not doing me any services by doing singing the Black National Anthem. Yeah. Uh, kind of staying on that same topic and... and still talking about Colin Kaepernick. The news dropped that he has inked an overall first look deal with Disney. Mm -hmm. um, and the first piece of content that will be coming out of that partnership is a docu-series about his life. And I'm assuming not only his life around trying to get back on the football field, but around the social justice work that he's been doing that, you know, some would say got him blacklisted from the league to begin with. Um, how do you, what do you feel about this? Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Like, great, I guess, that this is happening. But other than that, I'm not, I don't know, I didn't ask for this. I don't know who asked for this, rather, should I say. Um, not sure where we got to wanting to produce content about Colin Kaepernick's life. Um, but cool. I think that if they're doing it, I would, I would, I would look at the content. I would see what's happening. Yeah, I but mean, I think that right now, how he exists in the world is a uh, is at is at the intersection of 
um, race, sports, and culture. So maybe that's the angle that they're taking. I feel like yeah. it can continue to amplify the message now of the work that he's doing, given right. I the mean, backlash and you know everything that's going on. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I mean, like, the NFL's not paying him. You got to make money some kind of way. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And then I read somewhere that it'll be a mix of scripted and unscripted content that will play in the space of like sports, social justice, and you know, all the things that, that are well within his wheelhouse. Right. Um, so, I mean, good for him. I, I want to know what the difference between this like docu-series on his life, um, what the difference is between this and I believe it's um, a documentary maybe that Ava DuVernay is producing about his fight. Um mm. I don't know how, you know, obviously he has to be super involved in that as well, but I mean, shout out to him. I don't know how long this deal is for, but, um, again, he's, he's getting a check and he's still quote unquote fighting the good fight. So sounds like he's a high commodity. Also, Disney seems to be putting out a lot of this black centric content, I guess, with a lot of these streaming services, there's now this subsection that is catered But what to. is a lot? What is a lot? You know, they have the yeah, Black Spider-Man. Yeah, when you say Disney black, is putting out a lot, what else? They have the Black Spider-Man. They have a deal. I don't know. This is this kind of, sort of deal. I guess she's interviewing, in a way, Beyonce and Black is King. This is supposed to be like a trial run to see what comes next as far as a mm-hmm. Parkwood Beyonce type thing, then it's Colin Ka- Kaepernick thing. I think that you're going to continue to see an uptick of black content coming from Disney. Maybe. I just think we're going to see an uptick of content coming from Disney. I mean, they just recently launched Disney Plus, and so you have to put out new content with that. And I mean, I think that we're just hyper aware of content that is um, fronted by black people because I'm sure they have like over a dozen new pieces of content coming out and you just named three that were black centric. So I mean, Mark, I, I hope I hope that there is a concerted Mark effort. My words when I tell you. Oh, you have, you have going, inside intel. They're not going to allow Hulu. They're not going to allow Netflix. They're not going to allow all these streaming services to have this subsection that is catered to you. They have to jump on board. I I get that. I just think that. I think that they are making a concerted effort across the board to produce more content. And I think in that you, you have to produce black content as well, but I don't know that there's a focus on black content specifically. I just think there's a focus on content as a whole. But isn't that what everybody's doing? So Netflix, obviously they have to continue to put out content. Who's continuing to put out content and with them putting out a content, there's a subsection of black content that they want to bring to their platform. Well, yeah, but they also have programs and platforms built around them, like Strong Black Lead and things of that nature and other things, you know. Um, a lot of streaming services are putting together those kind of platforms. And I'm just saying, like, putting... So when you talk about, like, what Netflix is, what Netflix is doing, they're not necessarily putting out a wealth of black content they're just doing a really really good job of highlighting and amplifying that black content because they're putting out way more white content you just you know it it, because of the algorithm and because of what you're hyper aware of when you come across headlines you're more aware of that content well i guess that's what i'm saying is that there's a curated 
section within you know the user experience that highlights the black content that they have I can see that. I mean, I think they'd be dumb not to with everybody else when you go on their landing page where it's saying, like, we support black folks. Like, you got to have that section, too. Like, literally every brand has that now. Staying in the vein of sports. So, the NBA is going to allow players to add social justice statements to jerseys. So, this means that they'll be able to remove, you know, the staple last name that it's affixed above the number and they will be able to put a statement there in regards to social justice. Thanks. This is another okay. thing that I'm like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. But what is that doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm bitter with what these institutions are doing. But I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to get to, these actions aren't getting us there. So I'm like, great gesture. Thank you. But what does that do for us? And and what what we're really trying to get to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think what it boils down to is a lot of these brands just don't... I don't know if it's that they just don't know what to do. So it's just like any old thing. They sat in a meeting. They called up, you know, the the handful of black folks that they do know, you know, they called on their black friend and they were like, what can we do? You know, um, I mean, oh, I think you should, this, you should allow them to take their name away and put a message on their jersey. Yeah, put black lives matter on the back of the Jersey. Okay. I mean like cute, but like, are you going to donate to each of those individual causes? Like what, what, happens after that um i mean i guess it's cute it'll start conversations i guess um you know most people like i don't need to know their last name anyway if i don't already know it so i don't care yeah and that's another thing i don't like not being able to know who what player is name is it's fine like if you're talking about oh black lives matter he nice yep yep I mean, number one, you oh, already know. Oh, arrest the cops. Arrest the cops. He, he, he yeah, don't play defense. Yeah. But I mean, like, you already know. The, the people you need to know, you already know. That's not fair. You know the LeBrons. You know the whomevers. You know, the Zions and all that kind of stuff. Anybody else, even with their name on the back of their jersey, you didn't know who they were. You didn't know their name anyway. So, like, you know, maybe but I will I... remember Black Lives Matter. I'm not going to remember <laughs> Williams, who's, you know, number, uh, you know, eighth ninth man coming off the bench but i'll remember i'll remember him if he has black lives matter on the back of his shirt and i'm still gonna call him by his number anyway so what else i I guess you want this next one um (laughs) yeah so uh our favorite over here mr virgil abloh was in the news again last week um Ahead of the release of Pop Smoke's posthumous album, uh, he posted the album art that he worked on, talking about how um, I think he, you know, it was one of the last conversations he had with Pop Smoke about what he wanted the album artwork to look, you know, what he wanted it to look like. And he was so happy to reveal this cover art. And when I tell you it looks like, dude, whip that up in like Microsoft Paint. It was, it was bad. Like it was really bad. And 
it was just bad. I mean, it was like pop smoke in some fog with some barbed wire and some like, you know, like crystal diamonds, crystal diamonds in the background, kind of, you know, Swarovski crystals. And I just don't understand what he thought he was doing. He's photoshopped it with just his, I guess, portrait. Is that what you would call that? Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is terrible. And I'm glad that Pop Smoke's audience, his fans, took to online to say, no, this is not acceptable. Right. Um, But when I saw it, I I thought to myself, there's no way that Virgil did this and released it and was and thought that he was doing anybody any services. I can't envision someone like Virgil on the level that he is putting something like this out and saying, "Oh, I did it. This is amazing, and I'm so proud of myself and the work that I did." I can and see I him honored, doing it, and I'm honoring, you know, this guy that I've come to know, and now he's passed he away. So I feel like I did this. my part. He literally does the same thing, though, all the time. It's the same, like, Helvetica font, all caps, quotation mark treatment. Um, I think he and a lot of the other designers that run in his sphere, Kanye included, their aesthetic or their, they like to believe that their aesthetic is this, like, um, minimalist simplicity, like, I'm going to, you know, like, so it's so easy a kindergartner can do it but like make it luxe kind of of aesthetic it's like keep it simple stupid concept yeah and it's like you know what i'm gonna do like the most rudimentary thing and then like put a 900 hundred dollar price tag on it and like you guys are still gonna eat it up because it's like meta virgil has made a whole you know career out of this like this is his aesthetic his aesthetic is like purposely rudimentary um i'm going to make you know like so easy a kindergartner can do it and like i'm going to slap a 900 price tag on it and you're gonna cop because it's meta you know what i mean like all i gotta do is take you know like go to home depot and buy like a conveyor belt material and then i'm gonna like write caution on it and like off-white and put quotes on it and charge hundreds of dollars um i think that that's that's just his aesthetic. That's the same aesthetic that Kanye is kind of getting away with, with this whole like Yeezy minimal, like, you know, cult, cult n- neutral tone shit that mm-hmm. he's got going on. And it's been working for him. I just think that this was a swing and a miss because it's not just his brand that he's working with here. You know, this is another, this is a whole rapper who will likely be putting out his first and, you know, may, potentially last album, you know, depending on how, how much, music he has in the in in the tank you know in in the vault so to speak but yeah like you can do this with your own brand but like i don't think that when another entity is involved it works yeah i seen some of the fans on twitter they start putting out their own album artwork saying like use this if you you need somebody to design album artwork that's going to work and be um, something that honors him, use this. And some of that was amazing. And I'm like, there's some talented people out here who are mm-hmm. no name, so to speak. Um, and the fact that someone went to a Virgil, Virgil, to do this, and this is what he put out. Um, I haven't seen the new, what he redid of it. Have you? Yeah, it's it's simply like a black background with like a metal rose. Oh. That's it. 
But um, and yeah, and speaking of, you know, kind of like how, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, I hope that he's learning something in all this. Virgil, that is. I hope that he's learning something between his donation dollars and, you know, how to partner when you're trying to produce something for someone else. Hopefully. I, I'm i not holding my breath. We'll see. So, moving along to some tech-related um, topics, um, I'm sure you are aware that a lot of brands have... Um, kind of taken the challenge of boycotting their Facebook ads and by proxy their Instagram um, ad buys for the month of July in protest of the company's, I guess, lack of action around um, policing hates, or I don't want to use the word policing, but like monitoring hate speech on the platform, especially heading into uh, an election year. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What, what can you share with me? Um, I can't share much with you. I feel that if in any sector like this, if brands or companies feel one way, I think that is positive when they can band together to try to promote change within an organization, especially a big organization that has or holds this much, um, I, don't, I guess you call it power or authority in the media and advertising space. Um, and I think there is always more work to be done within an organization like Facebook. So however that looks as far as holding an organization or set organization accountable, I think that you have to put those measures in place. Um, now, as far as the boycott is concerned, I don't know what the goal of the boycott is or what a goal of a boycott for a month would potentially look like. Um, mm -hmm. And I haven't been close to it enough to know what the goal is or what is even happening. I just know that there are huge brands that are boycotting for the month in hopes that that will do some sort of Spark change action. around um, hate speech and things like that that are happening on the platform. Yeah. I mean, I think th with this, it the amount of money that that is needed to uh, that Facebook would need to lose I think to spark any kind of action um I can't compute like I can't even tell you what that looks like I have no clue what Facebook brings in and ad dollars for some of these big brands monthly so you know maybe maybe it will move the needle a bit but maybe it's just a drop in the bucket to Facebook you know what I mean like maybe one month isn't enough I don't know um because when I was working in 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 ad buys or or at least uh, social ad buys, when I tell you our budgets were like slim, 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 you know, I was just like one month of us not <laughs> posting anything, ain't doing shit. So, um, but I, but I do know that like most of these brands, especially like a Pfizer and and a lot of the pharmaceutical brands, they spend a lot of money on the platform. Again, I just don't know that it's enough um, to affect a company as moneyed and big as Facebook. Right. And right. Um, but yeah, so all of this is centered around hate speech and um, the way that it's been positioned is that yeah, 
We don't. <laughs> Facebook does not benefit off of hate speech at all, of leaving that up or taking it down. Um, but with, I think, where the the lines get blurred as far as this whole freedom of speech wave and what is freedom of speech and what should be controlled versus what should not. Um, and I think that's where the discussion needs to continue to happen um, within mm-hmm. the organization. So, so I mean, I guess if, if that's, since that is really kind of like the major tension point, what do you feel about Twitter and their, um, their approach to you know, policing that kind of, that kind of speech. And I don't know if it's necessarily hate speech, but just like fact checking, you know, everybody knows the kind of, uh, um, badges that they've been putting on your president's tweets when he tweets something that's not true. Um, it, do you think it's, I love that. It's something like that. I love what Twitter is doing. I feel like that's what, should be modeled maybe perhaps i don't know that's all i'm gonna say on the topic (laughs) (laughs) all right moving right along um next we have uh netflix uh announced that uh bozema st john will be their new cmo um sis keeps a new job a new well-paying job i will i will add she She stays stays on the job she does (laughs) Um, what do you think this, this announcement, this move means? Um, I think it means for me, it means that, you know, the potential is there. You think of a big tech media company like Netflix and you see at a C-level executive position, you see this black woman coming in and all of her glory and taking this seat um, in this position. I love to see it, and I hope that this continues to happen. If you look across the board, especially across C-level suites, um, there's not a lot of black people, period, to begin with, let alone black women. So to see a, a company, organization like Netflix bring someone like this on, I hope that this is the start of a new, I don't even want to call it a trend, but a new era of bringing black people into C-level seats outside of diversity and inclusion. Because when we do see it, most of the time, that's where it ends up being. Um, yeah. and then I mean, but I this, just isn't her, this, this isn't, isn't her first C-suite position. I think so on the level of a Netflix, though, when you think of a progressive, you know, in-the-face global brand like Netflix, I think this is... I could actually don't quote me on that because I don't know. Um, Wait, are you saying at Netflix specifically, or or a business of Netflix's caliber? A business of Netflix's caliber. Cause she, I mean, what was her role at Uber? Uber, I think she was director of something. Okay, I chief mean, brand, chief brand officer. So I guess so. So I mean, so yeah, I, I think that. Again, she keeps a she keeps a, a good title. Um, I mean, I'm happy to see her over at Netflix. We talk a lot about the work that Netflix is doing and um, kind of the the place and culture that Strong Black Lead holds in that whole kind of space. Yeah. So I think that to your point, I hope that we start to see 
more people outside of just Bozema with these titles. Because mm-hmm. while I am very happy for her every time I see a new headline um, with her name in it, there are a lot of um, other black folks out there that are killing it in the space and deserve to to have you know those kind of positions as well. Um, I know a lot of people, obviously, with all that's been going on, they've been kind of um, pulling up the the uh, the leadership and, and board of trustees and, and things like that from a lot of these right. big companies. And when you when you kind of see like that class picture laid out, and you know, there's not a black person, let alone a person of color, on there at all. Right. That's kind of crazy. And then you see disheartening. Like, yeah, you see some of the hot, the hot water that they've gotten into because of, you know, just their cultural blind spots and and just the lack of diversity on their team to check them on a lot of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, oh, well, duh, of course, of course, you guys weren't going to get it right. Like, you don't you have expect? anybody there to tell you what the right way to do, you know, like what the right way is. So, yeah, shout out to her. Shout out to Netflix. Um, I know I know that there's a lot of turnover, especially among C-level or could potentially be um, lots of turnover. But I think this is like the third CMO that Netflix has brought on within the last two years. Now, that's very interesting. Um, I wonder why. Same. Especially, yeah, that's a, that seems like a lot for two years. But who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Hopefully, she, she lasts longer. If she wants to. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You know, if history, if history is any indicator, on both ends, on I'll say, I'll say on her end things. as well as Netflix's end, because yeah. it's like she she comes in, does what she needs to do, and then she's on to the next. Yeah. That's why her resume, as far as her career and how decorated she is, is so vast. It's because she isn't scared to pivot and move around. So we'll see how long this is and what's but she does the trajectory of it is. Yeah. Um, staying on the topic of Netflix, um, they recently announced that they are moving or have moved $100 million to Black-owned financial institutions. What say you? I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I think if the Black dollar is going to continue to be a staple in America, and as far as us building wealth, we have to um, kind of like get these moves like this. So $100 million isn't a small feat. And especially when you think about the amount of Black-owned financial institutions there are, um, i love to see it. I would love to see this continue to happen with larger institutions moving large sums of revenue or cash to Black-owned financial institutions. What this does is allow financial institutions to do more. It allows them to provide more loans. It allows them to open more branches. It allows them to have more reach um, when they are able to have this cash reserve in their banking pipeline. Right. Um, So I like it. I think it was a good move. And interesting that I haven't seen this kind of like pushed more. Um, I know that we talked about one yeah. Black-owned financial institution previously with the Harriet Tubman. You know what? I'll Part. forgive I'll forgive them for it. Okay. At this point, um, you know, I absolutely do. You they know. are bigger fish to fry. Um, but yeah, I think that this is a good move. It even has me looking and trying to figure out what that 
looks like or means for myself. So, um, right. I like the, I yeah, like cause it a lot. if they can move nine figures into a black bank, I can move my little, you know, right. My little five over, you know, okay. <laughs> <Little> fives. <laughs> okay. Um, but what I will say is like, after I saw this, I was just like, Oh, well, duh. Like that's super smart. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because we know that a lot of, there's a lot of power in money and access to money. And we know some of the discriminatory practices of these larger non-black owned banking institutions as it comes, you know, when it comes to loans and mortgages and things like that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I can't say this with a hundred percent certainty, but I'm willing to go out on the limb and say that, you know, it's probably easier or it probably feels a bit more comfortable to work with a financial institution, you know, like a black owned institution as a black person looking, you know, for, for financial, um, financial help or things of that nature. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, 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 when I saw this, I thought like, Oh, that's super smart. And also like, other brands should definitely do this as well. Even though I haven't seen any brands kind of jump on the bandwagon, it seems it seems pretty um, it seems it seems pretty obvious that this is the route that they should be taking. It's like a duh, but yeah, hopefully this is a start. Like as I continue to say with a lot of these things that Netflix is doing, hopefully this is a start to more of this. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, last topic and above the fold, we have the BET Awards. So I believe they took place, it wasn't last weekend, it was the weekend before. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were virtual for obvious reasons. Um, I think a lot of people were really interested, interested to see what they looked like given, um, this was the first time that we couldn't all kind of commune in the same place. You couldn't have all the stars under one roof with all the performances and acceptance speeches up on the stage. And... I will say I was pleasantly surprised. Like that was a very, very, very well-produced show. Um, you can tell they put a lot of money and thought behind it. Um, the performance pieces looked amazing. Basically every artist kind of created their own music videos. Um, I think Amanda Sills did a great job hosting, especially, you know, hosting in front of a green screen in her at home. In her right? yeah, at home. Like that was wild. Um so shout out to the BET Awards for that. Um were you able to, to watch or check out any of the, the clips? Yeah, I watched I didn't watch live, but I was able to check out the clips afterwards. And I will say that I think this is changing the trajectory of what we're gonna see as far as um televised programming. Whether that means, because people were doing full out video shoots and curated, you know, short Megan stories. Megan Thee Stallion? Her, like, that was amazing. So that I think was. you're going to see that even when the world does return to in-person events, you're going to see at least a piece of that incorporated. So whether that means people who can attend the event or people who want to, you know, do a little bit more with their performance, have a por portion of it pre-recorded in that way and the other portion of it live. So I think we have alluded to this before earlier on during COVID that this is going to change the way the of the game, especially when it comes to live performances and, you know, content like this. So I thought it was amazing, especially 
or how BET historically, you know, in recent years have put out live programming has been like uh, cringy sometimes. So <laughs> I was very thoroughly impressed and happy with what I saw. Agree, agree. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps up the above the fold segment. So into our hopefully temporary Let's segment. see. Let's see. Um, all skin folk ain't kin folk, and we have two additions to the list on today. Um, number one being um, your favorite coon, my favorite coon, Terry <laughs> Cruz. Clap it up. Oh. Um, yeah. So. Terry Crews, you know, tweeted something about, like, we can't let Black Lives Matter turn into Black Lives Better. And I'm pretty sure he thought he got a bar off when he hit sin. (laughs) But that was not it, sir, like, at all. Black Lives Better? We are trying to get to the point where we matter, let alone, as you said, get a leg up and be better. Like, no. (laughs) No. That is very prematurely stated. He, someone just needs to take his phone because I feel like every week it's something. It's always something with God. him. Like enough. Enough is enough. Um, the second person on the list is Daniel Cameron, who is the um, attorney general of Kentucky. Um, he is the guy who is responsible for helping. Supposed to at be least, responsible. Supposed to be <laughs> responsible for arresting the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. Instead, he is too busy posting his engagement photos. I'm not going to say what I called her yesterday because you told me I couldn't say that, even though I think it's fine. But let's just say that his hairline tells the full story. When you, you see a picture of him and you see his hairline, it all makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I was thoroughly surprised when I saw the photo of him. I did not know that. But now I'm like, come on, sir. Anyway, those are our skin folk who ain't kin folk. Yep. Hopefully, um, we can retire this segment soon. Something tells me that Terry Crews is going to do something else that puts him back on the list next week. I think he's, he's Clap learned. it up. He's learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, on to our game segment. Would you like to introduce it? Game segment, guess that spokesperson. So, this week, Janelle is going to give me hints and clues to guess spokesperson and the brand for said ad. Obviously, she's up in the score. And I am, I am still on the trend to play catch up because I didn't realize it was a competition until she was it's up. It's always like a five. competition. So It's always a competition. You should always come come to play, come to win. Um, full disclosure, we had technical difficulties yesterday. So today is the second day we are recording this podcast. But it's not going to be that easy for Bronzy because I'm not coming in here with the same brand oh, and spokesperson wow. as I had Janelle, yesterday because not, no. that would be kind of fake, right? That yes. wouldn't be fake. That would be a reenactment yes, it would. of what we no. did just like we did no, the whole I'm entire not an episode. Actor. I'm not oh, an actor. I'm a podcast wow. host. That is, so <laughs> that is would you like the brand? Would you like the brand or the spokesperson I first? <laughs> I just yes, knew that I already you, have. I saw the smile on your face. I was like, oh, wait till I let him know. Yep. Yesterday you guessed the crisscross Sprite ad insert here because I do love that ad. But that's not what we're talking about today. So um, what say you brand or spokesperson? 
All right. So this brand was founded in Chicago in 1918 by Walter L. Jacobs. Number two, you can find them at most airports along with all of its competitors. And the last hint, they filed for bankruptcy in May. Okay. All right. It's not that hard. It's, it's a lot. It's it's a little harder than yesterday, but it's not that hard. Okay. Uh, for the spokesperson, he won the Heisman Trophy in 1968. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1985. Unfortunately, his football skills aren't what he's most famous for. Okay, so the brand is Hertz. It is. And the spokesperson is... He's not known for his football skills. He's not most known for his football skills? No. Is he an actor? He might have acted a bit, but I don't think he's known for being an actor. When was... Hmm. Like, that's not the thing that he's most known for over his football skills. Well, what is it? Oh, those clues. Those clues are not... No, yep, yep. If you if you if you listen closely, there's a very important word that I used in that last hint. What was the last? That hint? should give it away. I'll read the hint again. His football skills are not what he's most known for. No, no, no. You're missing. You're missing a word. Unfortunately, his football skills aren't what he's most famous for. OJ Simpson. There you go. <laughs> See, I told you it wasn't oh, going to be that hard. Oh, my God. The stress you put me through during the segment. Wow. Amadi whispered the answer to you, didn't he? No, he can't even hear you. I have AirPods Okay, in. no, I'm just saying. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> um, all right. So that wraps up the um, game segment. Um I'll let you take away the next segment. So next segment is where we declare that ain't it or go on with your black ads. That ain't it is a brand that we say, you know, what you're doing is not hitting the mark. And going with your black ads is, you know, if they are hitting the mark and we want to give our own congratulatory to them. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You go yeah, first. Yeah, so I'll go first. So <laughs> go on with your black ads. I'm going to go ahead and give that to... Netflix, um, just in general, with the addition of St. John and then also the move of 100 mil to Black-owned financial institutions. And then for That Ain't It, I'm going to give that to Virgil. Womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. Eh, come on. You got to come better than that. That's all I mean, I feel like I we should start tallying up how many That Ain't It's Virgil gets on the podcast because I know that's not his first one. Right. <laughs> Um, for me, I will say, for me, it's a tie between Netflix, especially because of that, the move to move their, um, their money to, to black owned banks mm -hmm. and to BT for the BT awards, because I think oh, that they've cool. kind of been the butt of a lot of jokes, um, right. you know, when it comes to the award season and like, um, you know, when you, you compare them to the MTV awards and the mm -hmm. Grammys and things like that, they always kind of you know, they're like the, the punchline to the joke. And I think that they, they really kind of like shut us up this year. So they shout out to them. Did. 
Um, my, yeah. Um, I guess I don't have a that ain't it because I mean besides Virgil, but another I want to give another special shout out to another uh, going with your black ads, and it's something that we didn't get to cover, but I think we'd be remiss not to cover, and that's the Jaw Rule commercial um, for Papa Cristo's Greek restaurant. Jaw Rule did a commercial. Um, where he's basically mispronouncing a whole bunch of Greek foods and just, you know, cashing his check, I guess. You know, I think that after the whole fire Fest debacle for him to be able to, I guess, bounce back. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know if Papa Cristo is really a bounce back, but it's something. So shout out to him. Yeah. As you say, he couldn't pronounce none of them words on the menu. <laughs> and that's fine. I can't either. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but it was cool. Check it out if you haven't. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of yet another episode. We are on a roll. We're moving. And, I know, um, episode 14. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram at Witcher Black Ads. Also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And continue to shop black. Have on a t-shirt, which is black. Same on. over here. So there's Janelle. You got on a crafted tee. I have on a union tee. Um I bought a whole bunch of Black Lives Matter tees during quarantine, and they're just slowly Same. starting to run in. So yeah. you'll see a couple more of those as the right. weeks progress. But yeah, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for watching. We will catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye. It was so black ass. It was black ass.